It's finally December and Dan Grief is back for the December edition of We Are What We Eat. Hello, Dan. Hello. Happy Christmas, Alex. I know. It's funny. So we're going to talk about protein today. Yeah, that's right. So you know what? I think it's remiss of me that I've spoken with you about fats and carbs, which of course are, you know, very important macronutrients. But the sort of third part of that story, the, the triangle that's completed is with protein. And I thought it'd be really good to dive into that a little bit and talk about what it does to our bodies. And also some really interesting research that I found recently. And basically, I'm very fortunate because I have a podcast and I learned from some of these most amazing speakers and researchers around the world. I just thought, well, now I've learned that I'll come on your show and I'll I'll share what I've learned with your listeners as well. So that's brilliant. Yeah, you do all the hard work for us. So with proteins, we have sometimes a bit of a misconception, don't we, about what we're eating, like you say, the three main groups. So what's protein all about then? Well, protein is the thing we can store the least of, which is the most important thing to say. Unlike carbohydrate and sugars, which become glycogen in the muscles and the liver, unlike fat, which um, most of us, I'm sure, in the Western world will identify, we can store that very easily. Protein is an essential building block to our bodies. So we do need to have protein, but we can't store protein. And so for that reason, we have to have a continual amount of protein going in through our diets. Otherwise, we're using the protein in our bodies already. And unlike the other macronutrients, Protein can be broken down into fuel, but it's not a very efficient way of using protein. The most beneficial thing of protein is to use it as a building block for the whole of our body structure, for our muscles in particular, so that it, of course, is building our bodies and keeping it new and fresh, whereas the other two are the energy sources. And this is what I find really interesting. There's two professors. I was going to go into their story a bit today. So Professor Robinheimer and Simpson, and they are both academics in Australia. And they were looking at animals and they're trying to work out what was the drive for animal eating. So they look at locusts, they also look at mice as well. And what they found is that you can get very, very filled up on fat and fat's an energy source. You can get very, very filled up on carbs, although you'll get hungrier quicker. And we've spoken about that a lot in this show. But actually, it was the protein levels that dictated how full somebody would get how full an animal would get, which I think is incredible. So it means that there's a drive they've identified in these animals to get enough protein. And once you have enough protein, your body is actually full. But if you're eating foods that are very low in protein, you'll actually eat more calories to try and get as much protein as you can. And so what they identified is that people nowadays, if they're eating ultra-processed food, are getting less protein in their food, so they have to eat more. So they're actually hungrier for the protein, which I think when I heard that was a real revelation, thinking, yeah. oh my word, and these guys are on YouTube. That's why I watched a video with theirs. And I thought that shows you probably why that maybe is one of the reasons there's an obesity epidemic, because people are trying to get enough protein, but they're eating a lot of fats and carbs in the meantime to try to increase their protein levels. That's really interesting. And they're always saying, you know, protein is your good way to stop you getting hungry. But if you think you're eating something that is protein because it's kind of identified as a meat or a whatever, but then it's processed so that actually when you look on the back of the packet, the protein percentage is is low. That's quite naughty, isn't it? It really is. And also, you've got to be careful with the way that marketing works. And I think we talk about that a lot on on these shows because, you know, something can be marketed as being higher protein or high protein, when actual fact is just that they put a little bit more than they had previously. (laughs) But really, the, the kind of 
golden level that people should be aiming for is about 18% of your daily intake is protein, which you might think, well, I'll eat a steak and a steak is protein. But actually, a steak isn't 100% protein. There's actually a lot of fats and other things in there and obviously water as well. Whereas if you eat something like leaner meats, you might like to get the 18%. But actually in the Western world, the study that I saw recently said that most people eat about 13% or less protein. They're not getting that 18%. If you look at hunter-gatherers in the wild, they get about 30% protein. So actually, the Western diet is clearly lacking in protein, maybe because it's not as easy to store, it's more expensive to make. I mean, if you're having a vegan diet, you might have like plant proteins. That's a really hard process to get those proteins from the plants. And so actually, many people now, especially with those changes in the diet, they're getting less and less. Now, if they're getting less and less, that means that appetite is greater because they're trying to get the protein levels, their body, your body knows how to regulate itself. It knows what it needs. If anyone's had a baby in the past and, and being pregnant, you know that your body is very good at finding what it needs to eat. So if you're not eating it, then what are you eating? And that's where you, you have higher fat and higher carbs. Mm, that is really interesting. I try to eat a lot of protein, but now you said it, I have no idea what percentage of what I'm eating is protein. If you're eating protein, say if you're eating a steak or if you're eating, say, yogurt, like Greek yogurt, or if you were eating, say, hummus or a sausage, are the protein percentage of it, does it give you the same kind of hit, if you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. So basically, it should be fairly standard. If you look at the per 100 grams, and I know this from the food business, we have to be really careful with our nutritional information to make sure per 100 grams, you know what you're getting. Proportion's always tricky because people don't really know how heavy <laughs> a portion is. Yeah. At least if you know 100 grams, you've got the percentage of protein or whatever it might be in that food. So yeah, always look at that. But I think also look at the ratio of other stuff in there. So, you know, breakfast cereal is kind of one of the foods I think is one of the, well, it's not even a food in my opinion. It's one of the worst foods there is because, and that's quite a controversial statement maybe for some to hear, because actually the packaging is more expensive to produce the natural food inside. Oh dear. I think when you've got a more expensive packaging than a food, there's something gone wrong there. And also, if you look at the amount of sugar and salt that they put into that food, it's very highly packed. So for them to say high in protein, this mm. crunchy cereal's high in protein. Well, yes, it might be a bit higher than the average cereal packet, but really the, the other macronutrients and the other things in there can be much higher as well. So it's not just how high the protein is, but what's inside the food. And I think that comes down to really eating real food. So Dr. Ted Naiman, who's somebody who's on my show as well, who actually I learned about the other academics through and the other research through him, he was saying that what he does to try and increase his protein is to go for real food in the first instance, to go for leaner meats, that's kind of his focus. And then that way, he said, you can always add fat later. You know, if you just ate protein, but like, you would starve. There's actually people who did that. They were eating rabbits who are very, very lean, and that's all they had, and they were starving to death because your body can't use it enough to make energy from. So you can have a lean meat to start from. And then he said, add your fat later in the form of cheese or mayonnaise or whatever it might be. He said, fat's an easy thing to add to your food, so that's fine. He said, then keep your carbs low because actually fat's a better energy source. But if you've got a lot of fat in your body and your frame, and I want to lose some more weight, then actually eating more protein is a good way of doing that because you'll use the energy you already have. But then the protein, of course, means you're satiated. But more importantly, those important building blocks, you're eating them so they're there. You can't store the protein, so you might as well eat as much as you can to get to 80%, <laughs> and then your body's going to be healthier. Oh, very good. I think that's great. Is there anything else we need to add to that? 
Yes, there's a huge bit to this, which I found fascinating, which then did concern me a little bit. But when I spoke to Dr. Ted Naiman, he explained this to me. So they did some studies. They looked at these blue zones, areas in the world where people had a longer life expectancy. And Okinawa is one of them in Japan. But what is interesting is that they have very low protein, but live longer. Now, this is the thing that's really interesting. And it does tie into Darwin's evolutionary theory the greater the amount of protein you have, the shorter your life expectancy. Now, when I heard that, I was like freaking oh dear. out. Like, yeah. Hang on a minute. <laughs> I just literally said protein is good for you. And now suddenly it turns out it's going to kill you. And actually the lower the protein, the longer life expectancy. However, the higher the protein, the higher the fertility. So there's this definite sweet spot. And that's what I think is interesting. So Darwinian evolution seems to have this, this balance between you living a long time or you having lots of offspring. And actually, it doesn't have to be just one or the other. And that's the thing I think is really interesting. If you aim for your 18%, that's the sweet spot for most people to aim towards in terms of the protein intake. That would give you the best chance of a longer but healthier life because there's no point living to 150 years old but being really ill and, and you know, like not struggling being able to move. with all these yeah. things and not be able to move, et cetera. But it'll give you the chance of the longest life, but also the happiest life. Because then you'd, well, happiest, I mean, healthiest, which hopefully would be happiest as well. Because that means your body is then the healthiest it can be for as long as it can be. Whereas actually living longer with bad conditions isn't good. But equally, if you had so much protein, you died at the age of 23, not good either. But of course you wouldn't. So it's about a sweet <laughs> spot. And I, I feel that's really interesting. To yeah. Look at, you know, not just lifespan, but health span. You know, what's the healthiest for as long as it can be. And I think when you think about death, it's something that we don't ponder because it's such an existential, literally existential question for us. But how do you want to live for as long as you can, as healthy as you can, rather than just as long as you can? It's a really important question. Yeah, it's really good to know, like, as we say with a lot of things, balance and moderation is the key to this and not going crazy on any of these things. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not the extremes of just protein. It's the way I'm looking at my food now is fat's my energy source. So I'm going to use fat's my energy. And I don't think carbs and meat work well, but for some people they do. So that's completely personal choice, I think. I think more protein in my diet would be a good thing. So I started eating more chicken rather than just the steak, although the steak I do have is a bit of a treat. <laughs> and then I have like leafy greens and a few veggies and that's it. You know, I don't go for potatoes or starchy vegetables but i will go for broccoli and kale and which actually are actually the same plant species and uh, and i do like to have those sorts of green veggies now and again and a few peppers and tomatoes now and again and i think that's a really lovely diet and it's yeah. enjoyable and it's healthy and it's you know it makes me feel better when i'm having it so that's yeah. what i stick to Sounds excellent. Well, thank you very much for that. I will take all that on now and I'll be looking at the back of those packets or whatever I can to find out what the protein sources are. Thank you, you so much. Enjoy your for turkey doing... as well. Turkey, yes. of course, is very yeah. high in protein. So there you go. Yeah, I will be, definitely. Thank you very much for that, Dan. And again, Good wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you in yeah. the new year. See you in 2022. Cambridge 105 Radio.